We made this. back to We Played This, the show where I grill a guest about their greatest gaming experiences. I'm your host Tim, hello, and tonight our special guest, he's also on our network, We Made This, he is one of the co-hosts of We Dig Music and also the co-host of Free With This Month's Issue, and very recently he starred on my other podcast, Without Mouse, when we reviewed the uh, sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It's Colin Jackson-Brown. Hi, Colin. How are you doing? Hello, Tim. I'm all right, mate. Yeah, not bad. Good. Good. <laughs> Mustn't grumble. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Everyone's kind of... We can't really complain, but nothing good's <laughs> happening anywhere in the world, so... Yeah. You know. <laughs> and the weather's shit. Yeah. <laughs> or at least it is here. It's yeah, it's chucking it down here. It was all right when I went for a walk this morning, but I've not been out since then. Well, as I so. as me and my mate Dana were saying on a recording this morning, it's very Scottish the weather out here today. It's been, <laughs> it's been literally grey and miserable all day. Yes. Yeah, so this time we're we've come together to talk about video games. We have. Yeah. A very <laughs> a very fun little subject that is close to my heart, and I'm assuming close to yours because you asked if you could be on the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we just crack on then? I reckon so. I think that's a good idea. As with all guests, we start with the same four questions and then we're going to deviate as we go on. But here we go. Question one. Where did your journey with video games begin? Similar to Mark, to be honest, I got a uh, Sinclair Spectrum 128K. Uh, my, my dad bought cool. one in about 1988, 1989-ish, I reckon, based on... The games that we had, I've, I've looked up when they, they were released and it was a little bit later than that. So, yeah, so I would have been six, seven-ish uh, round about then. Right. And I, I can remember he, he bought it from Curry's because we had a load of um, Curry's uh, generically packaged uh, games with it. So there was like Defender and, and Millionaire and a couple of others. But yeah, then had Postman Pat 2 was was my main game <laughs> on that. Uh, I had uh, we had we had uh, there was a short circuit game that was really good as well. Um, All right. So it, it was uh, the short circuit game was kind of like there were sort of two sections to it, and I think they were on either side of the tape, so you could just load one or the other if you wanted to. Um, one was like a, a top down, um, almost a little bit like a Zelda kind of thing where you're wandering around and you've got to find keys to get through different doors. Um, and then the, oh, other, right. the other one was more of a um, side-scrolling um, shoot 'em up kind of thing where you, you're going along a road trying to escape from the dudes trying to take you back to the lab. But then um, not long after that, see, the, the, the Spectrum, I remember bits about it, but I was that young that it's yeah, all a little yeah. bit vague. In about 92-ish, when I was 10, uh, we got a Sega Master System 2, which was mine, whereas oh, the other sweet. one was the the family computer kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can definitely, it was one of the ones with uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World built in. Oh, actually built in. Yeah. yeah cool. Uh, I had that and then Sonic as a cartridge with it that, that 
was boxed with it. Um, I remember uh, I definitely had uh, more, the first Mortal Kombat. I remember uh, not expecting my dad to buy it for me, but asking him for it one day when we saw it in a shop <laughs> and him going, yeah, all right, and buying it. And I was like, wow, wasn't expecting that. I've obviously been good for a bit, but um, Alex Kidd, I actually played uh, today. Um, oh, sweet. It's, <laughs> Doing it, homework. It, it's on PlayStation now. And, oh uh, yes, of course. I've got a I've got a four year old daughter, and there aren't many games I can get away with playing when she's around because I can't go on anything that's too violent or yeah. got any like horror aspect or anything like that. So sort of old school platformers and that kind of thing, and and like Lego games obviously work really well. So I put Alex Kidd in, and I've not played it for God nearly thirty years. Yeah, and it's muscle memory. It's uh, really. I was I I was still fairly shit at it, but there were um like uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with that game? Is it one you ever played? It's one not one that I've played, but I am kind of familiar with it. It's uh, a platformer, so the, isn't it? And it's it is kind of the closest thing that Sega had to Mario, to Mario before Sonic. Yeah. Um. So the end of level bosses are a game of paper, scissors, stone. Oh shit. It doesn't call it that, but it is. Um, right. And they go for the same thing every time. And somehow I remembered exactly what the combination was to get through the first one. And that That's was really just... cool when stuff like that happens, isn't it? Where it's so ingrained in you. You yeah. can't remember it, but you can remember it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just thoroughly weird. So, yeah, so Sega, then I, I graduated to a, a Mega Drive after that. Um, and then uh, after that, I was... PC for a little bit, but not very much. I kind of faded out of games for a little bit until I got a uh, PlayStation 1 just after the PS2 came out. All right, cool. Um, and then I bought a PS2 a little bit later, and I've had PS3 and PS4 and probably going to get a PS5 eventually yeah. when, when the price comes down a little bit. <laughs> well, not to, not to age this show too much, but um, we're recording actually the day after the big uh, PS5 reveal. Did yes. you actually get to see any of that? I didn't. I saw, I, I was, I've had way too much editing of uh, Free With This Month's issue to do this week, so I've been working <laughs> on that. Um, I've seen, um, I've just looked at little sort of news articles. Um, I yeah. did did see loads of my mates on, on Twitter and Facebook going, I can't believe they've started this announcement for a brand new console with a game that was out two generations ago because they started it with, uh, yeah. with Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? But Which, I kind of they they talk about the reasoning after they showed it, and I think it kind of they're right that Grand Theft Auto and PlayStation are so connected because yeah, every single Grand Theft Auto has been prominent on the PlayStation. Like the PS2, yeah. pretty much won the market because it had GTA Three and Vice City and San Andreas. Yeah. So I see their reasoning. They and they they came on and said, you know. It is ingrained in the PlayStation brands, and, and that, so I kind of get it. But it is old news by now. <laughs> well, that, that's it. That's why I've bought um, PlayStations each time. Um, I was already right. playing um, the first Grand Theft Auto on PC. Um, yeah. In fact, I dropped out of sixth form because I was playing it too much. Um, Shit! <laughs> I was basically, uh, you know, in school uh, up until GCSEs. I never like you know wagged off, but you got a little bit more autonomy in sixth form. So yeah. 
I took the piss <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I got Grand Theft Auto and uh, basically stayed at home playing that all the time. But um, wow. we'd got it on the PC and there was some kind of um, modification that we'd made so that it was it was fully installed on the hard drive. So you could put a CD in as the soundtrack. So most of the time, oh, nice. I was playing it with Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Very, uh, apt, Ra- very Ra- Rage Against the Machine's debut album works fucking perfectly on that. But then um, <laughs> I, I had to play that in my... Uh, the PC was in my mum and dad's bedroom, so I couldn't play it, you know, as much as I wanted to in there. Uh, so yeah. I bought a PS1 so that I could play it in my room um, yeah. and, and get GTA London. Um, I then uh, bought a um, PS2 when GTA 3 and Vice City came out. And then obviously yeah. San Andreas. Uh, I bought a PS3 because GTA 5 came out. So I've then bought GTA 5 again on the PS4. Yeah, I kind of, I don't really want to buy it again. I'd rather have GTA 6 for the um, for the PS5 when I get it. But yeah, so I'll, perhaps that will be the catalyst for me getting a PS5 is when yeah. GTA 6 comes out. Yeah, that's that's a good reason enough to buy it and hopefully the price will have come down by then because if, yeah. if they're peddling GTA 5 now there must still be a long way off 6 sure exactly exactly we'll go on to question 2 which is what is the most recent game you've played okay so the most recent game that I've played going on from GTA uh it's still um Rockstar games I've been I'm immersed in the world of Red Dead Redemption 2 at the moment um, uh, yeah, you, you sent me a picture of you playing it today, didn't you? Yeah, to yeah. Show that you were doing your homework for the, for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, it's uh, I. I'm the kind of gamer these days that I play games. I'm not a particularly skilled gamer. I play games mm. for the story, and I yeah. I play games so that I get sort of immersed in the world, and I play them for. I don't. I like games that take a really long time to play through and there is so much stuff to discover. So like <laughs> um, open world games are, are my my thing. Um, yeah. Stuff like Fallout, stuff like um, uh, The Witcher 3. Um, Witcher 3 I was playing as pretty much the only game I was playing for two years. Um, mm-hmm. And that was just, uh, I, I tend to wander off and then come back to the the proper quest line later on when i've done loads of other things but that's basically what i'm doing with with red dead redemption 2 um i've got to a Mm. point in the um main quest main storyline where i don't really want to advance it much at the moment because i think i don't know that it is all going to properly kick off and i'm potentially not going to be able to do some of the things that i want to do later on so at the moment, for probably the last sort of two months, I've just been living in that world. And uh, yeah. like my my mission last night was I wanted to get a, a cool hat, so I <laughs> went sheep rustling and then went and killed a, a rattlesnake and then took him to the trapper so he could make me a cool hat. And it was that that's <laughs> what I decided my objective was last night. But then I'll have other days where it's like, right, I want to make a bit of money today, so I'm going to. Uh, go around and just steal stagecoaches and take them to the, the wagon fence. And mm. uh, just... It, it's interesting with, with Red Dead because most games that I play that have got a like a morality thing to it, I normally yeah. play as a good player and want to be as good as possible. Red Dead 
when I first started playing it, I found it so difficult to do that because I couldn't get my head around the controls at first. Uh, the first time I got into a um, a town, I wanted to uh, talk to somebody and accidentally fired a gun at the sheriff. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> I, I pressed the wrong button and fired a gun at him and ended up having the entire town shooting at me and I had to leg it and got a wanted level. And when I was, I was trying to be nice, so I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to start. You know, and so my my uh, uh, my my like karma level on it is is in the bottom ten percent now because I've just thought, <laughs> fuck it, I'm just going to go around as a, as an outlaw and uh, you know, kill people, loot stuff, uh, steal things. Um, you know, can it's... you think of a morality system in a game that has actually been you know decent, half decent? Because I feel like last generation, especially. Um, games every genre was obsessed with the morality side of things like by the end of the game you would get a good ending or you get a bad ending yeah. but i always feel like they were so like cack-handedly handled and and it was just sort of smashed in at the you know as a last minute kind of thing and there was th- never any gray area you were i as you say either oh, yeah, a good yeah. guy or a bad guy and they never really actually changed what was happening in the game apart from the very final cutscene like i'm a huge bioshock fan like it's one of my favorite games of all time but the morality system in that is just pants <laughs> right i've i've got all of the bioshock games lined up and i am going to play them when i've i think they might be my next project after after red dead because they've all been on cool. ps plus so i've got them all yeah. downloaded ready at some point um but uh have you I've played never, them before or i've never played them before at all um but yeah for, oh. for morality systems that work fallout 3 and fallout new vegas i've always really liked okay uh and that yeah they did alter that because there's different factions so yeah. you've got uh and you're actually pat- able to kill people as well aren't you you can kill a lot of exactly the NPCs. exactly yeah. so um you know in um in fallout 3 you can uh detonate a nuclear bomb on one of the settlements um, and kill everybody in an entire town. Obviously, that means that your um, morality meter goes down as far as it possibly can. Um, (laughs) That's one where I've played um, two different um, characters. So I've actually done like the role play thing that you're supposed to do. So the first time I played it, I had a good character. Um, The... The second time I played it, I made a character that looked exactly like Grace Jones, and she was an evil <laughs> character. Right. <laughs> so, well, <there's>... uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, on Bioshock, they do this really like... They're, as part of the plot, you can kill these kids, basically. Mm. <laughs> without going into too much spoiler they're, they're like they're like fuel or something aren't they the kids yeah it? essentially yeah. you can you can harvest their um, Adam that they have yeah and the the system for morality is supposed to be that um yeah if you kill a little sister you um will be able to harvest more Adam than if you save them yeah so obviously yeah that's 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 where the moral choice comes do you want to be more powerful but a bad guy or do you want to save them and be a good guy yeah the problem is if you save them and be a good guy they reward you with gifts of more adam so there is literally no difference if you like from the player experience because it it obviously would have such a big impact on the gameplay to make you less powerful that they still give you it anyway you just 
I'm made to believe that you won't get it. <laughs> right, yeah, so it all balances out in the end anyway. Yeah, so it's yeah. a bit it's it's crap morality system and it does not affect the gameplay apart from the final scene, so you might as well do whatever the hell you want really. Mm. <laughs> Just to Fair let enough. you know before you play. <laughs> yeah, you'll, if you've not if you've not done anything in Bioshock yet, you'll have a good time because it is very narrative driven and it's it's a cracker. Yeah. You'll is it. It, are they um, sort of do the the sequels follow each other? Is it worth playing the first one first like that, or so would you say there's I a better one to start with? Yeah, I, I sp- spoke to Matt the other week about uh, Bioshock and kind of said. They they all have their pluses and their minuses. Um, the first game has the absolutely definitely the best story, but the gameplay itself is a little bit clunky. Okay. Whereas the second game um, does kind of follow on story wise, but the story itself is weaker. But the gameplay is a lot more streamlined, and I think the second one is the better game personally. Okay. Um, bec- but as I say, the storyline is nowhere near as as good. Well, that- but then as well. Sorry, you go. Well, storyline for me is is the main important thing. So yeah, that's probably what something I wanted to mention with Red Dead and with Grand Theft Auto in um, GTA Five and Red Dead Redemption Two. One of the absolute best things that I think Rockstar have done with it is if you keep failing a mission, you can skip it. So oh, it's cool. it's if you've if you've got killed three or four times it gives you the option to um, press X and it will just skip that checkpoint right. and you'll just get to the That's next cool. one, which, um, you know, I would then be able to get past the bit where you have to follow the damn train, CJ, uh, which I could never get past <laughs> in San Andreas. Because <laughs> right. I'm not a brilliant gamer. I'm uh, Me neither. I, I, I no enjoy it, but I'm not going to be winning any fucking esports things <laughs> <laughs> or going near are you, them. I, are you more? Are you a fan of esports at all? Not I'm at not. all. The the, <laughs> the fact that it's got the word sports in it mean it can fuck off. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, my my dad was a PE teacher, so my teenage rebellion was against all sports. Excellent, <laughs> which not... has stuck with me for the whole of my life so far. <laughs> no, my my uh, my dad is as averse to sport as I am, and I've very much been influenced by that. <laughs> the closest thing I do to exercise now is we've got Ring Fit Adventure for the Switch. Um, that is a decent workout. It's really fun. I, I, I'm, I'm walking a lot. I've been walking miles and yeah, miles yeah. and miles recently. Uh, like I've done 160 miles in the last five weeks, I think it is. Um, I was going to say because I follow you on on Instagram. Yeah, you're a little. What do you call it? Fat fat boy, fat bloke uh, walking. Fat, is fat it? bloke walking. It's it's basically it gives me a chance <laughs> to listen to podcasts, which I don't get. You know, I'm not commuting to work at the moment, so uh, it's yeah. the only time I can get to to listen to podcasts. So uh, yeah, it works. <laughs> mowing mowing the lawn is when I get to listen to podcasts. So I hate it when it's shit weather like this because it means I don't get out to do it. So. I'd only get to listen to podcasts about once or twice a year because that's the only time I can ever be bothered to know the lawn. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, right. Question three. What is your favourite single-player gaming experience? Uh, The Fallout series. Um, So we've already talked a little bit about it in in the last one, but Fallout in general, uh, but particularly Fallout New Vegas, 
Um, I absolutely loved. Um, I've replayed it loads of times, but um, I've even been to some of the locations. Um, so oh, when, sweet. So when uh, this is for anybody that listened to the without a mouse episode where I was talking about <laughs> America and then stopped myself and said, I'm saving this bit for another podcast. This is it. Uh, <laughs> so when me and my wife went on our honeymoon, um, we went to Las Vegas first of all, uh, mainly to go to the, the Grand Canyon, but also because we'd both been playing um, Fallout New Vegas. She's not a massive gamer, but um, she really enjoyed playing New Vegas. And um, mm-hmm. sort of uh, the fact that when we got there, the airport was McCarran Airport, which is McCarran airbase in the game and then you've got uh you know the las vegas strip you're recognizing bits of it going well this was a bit more ruined last time i saw it but there's there's even like mountains that in the distance that look absolutely identical to the scenery in the game wow and, that and must be really spooky to to go and visit it, it is but then the best bit was uh have you played new vegas no i haven't the only right. fallout i've played is four um, right. which is actually what I bought a PS4 to play. Yeah. And to be honest, it didn't click with me, but I get, it's I can see why. Not it, as, yeah, it's not as good. Yeah. It's, well, it's I, good, but. <laughs> I I like this, uh, a YouTuber called H-Bomber Guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he did a video which was called um, Fallout 3 is Garbage and Here's Why. And it was something like two hours long. It was like a really in-depth <laughs> video. And what he was saying was he he was really a big fan of the earlier Fallout games, which are obviously um, top-down RPGs. And what he liked about them is that there's a lot of satire and there's quite a lot of humour to them, which never really translated to Fallout 3. But after he spent two hours slagging off Fallout 3, he said that Fallout New Vegas was exactly the kind of Fallout game that he'd hoped... Yes. Fallout 3 would be, and that it is the best one in the series. So. Yeah, yeah. We, for, Fallout New Vegas had got a lot of the writers uh, from what was supposed to be Fallout 3 with the same... Because um, the, the first two Fallout games weren't done by Bethesda. No. Um, they were. I can't remember the na- name of the studio, but um, a lot of those writers worked on... Um, they, they were working on a cancelled Fallout 3, and yeah. then a lot of the um, sort of ideas for that ended up in, in New Vegas. But um, the New Vegas, the game starts off, you're in a uh, little, um, it's like a little cowboy one-horse town sort of thing called Good Springs, which is a real right. place, which is, um, it's about, I think, 30 miles south of, of Las Vegas. And we were road tripping from Las Vegas to Los Angeles, and this was just off the uh, the road uh, that that we were oh, driving wow. down. So it had been planned all along that we I wanted to go there and have a look at it. And we got there, and there's um, there's this uh, saloon uh, in the game. It's called the Prospector Saloon, but it's actually the the Pioneer Saloon, and this um, like convenience store shop next attached to it next door that look absolutely identical to how they Shit. were in the game. <laughs> Basically, the, the game developers visited there and were taking loads of photos, and they, they stayed in the town for a little bit um, while they were writing the game. Um, so, yeah, we we went there and went into the uh, the saloon, 
uh, first of all, we went into the the little shop next door um, and I bought a T-shirt and stuff and and (laughs) they're very, very embracing the fact that they get visitors there because of Fallout. Uh, yeah, well, you have to, do you, when you're a small town. Yeah. Whatever will get you some money. <laughs> exactly. But um, the so we went into the uh, the actual saloon, and they'd got an open mic night on. Uh, oh. And I'm a guitarist. So yeah. I I borrowed uh, the... It was the, the son of the uh, of the, the owner uh, who was actually running the open mic night, and he, he was playing. Um, I borrowed his guitar to play a couple of songs. Um, which was amazing. Um, I thought awesome. I'd better better play the most sort of countryish stuff I could, so I, yeah. I ended up playing uh, one of my own songs and, and Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones because I thought I probably <laughs> wouldn't get out there alive if I played anything that wasn't vaguely Willie Nelson esque. <laughs> but it's um, it was so surreal. It's like I had a, had a, a drink of Sunset Sarsaparilla, which is the drink that they uh, that they you drink throughout the game. They've actually. <sighs> That's so decided cool. to make it themselves um and it, it was such a cool experience because it, it absolutely looks identical then when, when we went to la we were finding loads of bits that looked like gta so like we yeah, went to yeah. the um uh the griffith observatory which features quite heavily in the game and it all looks identical and it, i it's quite easy to find your way around it's not quite on the the scale obviously but you can find your way around the general bits of las vegas from fallout and you can find your way around the general bits of um la from gta so they're educational games that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so what about what about fallout's experience um really draws you in then for for as a single player experience uh it's the the storyline there is so much in it um, yeah, and it's it's one of these games that you can again play for years and still mm-hmm. still be finding new things. There's um like where, whenever you go anywhere, there's uh, like computer terminals that you can read logs on and and find out more of the backstory about different things. There's uh, all the vaults in there. So the, the the basic story is it's it's after a nuclear war. Um, where everybody was in, uh, the, the survivors were all in vaults, um, but the the company that set up all of these vaults was a bit of a sort of uh, nefarious, uh, shadowy organisation who loads of the vaults had uh, various different experiments being run. So there's um, there's a, a vault where there were like um, sort of hallucinate hallucinate hallucinogenic chemicals and stuff being uh, fed into it all the time to see what would happen to people. There's vaults where um, they were told that they had to have elections every week, uh, sorry, every every <laughs> month or so, and then um, at the end it turned out that the person that was elected had to be killed. And just They, they were basically running loads of uh, sociological experiments with no ethics yeah. whatsoever. And when when you find the new vault, you learn all the backstory about what's happened in there, and you've normally yeah. got sort of puzzles to solve and and fetch quests, obviously, because you've always got fucking fetch quests. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it's got a great soundtrack as well. Uh, one of the things that they told me when I was talking to them in uh, in the saloon is um, most of the soundtrack was based on the jukebox that they had in the Pioneer Saloon. 
So oh, when the guys, hell, that's cool. When the when the guys went in there, they were just hanging out, and it's all old um, country songs and yeah. stuff like uh, rap pack stuff like Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and that kind of thing. And um, basically what happened was they were, every time a new song came on on the jukebox, these guys were all making notes of what it was, and then most of them ended yeah. up in the game. And then um, apparently a little bit after the game came out, these dudes um, turned up to uh, to the saloon, who were massive Fallout fans, but obviously with a lot of money, and were like, uh, we want to buy your jukebox. Here's two thousand dollars, and they're like, <laughs> "Okay, that's fine. We'll buy a new jukebox for three hundred dollars or whatever it was." <laughs> that is the coolest like uh, bit of merch you could possibly yeah. own for a oh, game, isn't it? That's fucking amazing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. That'll have doubled, in, tripled in value the second they bought it. Surely, <laughs> probably. Because as it long depends. as you get that authenticity, if you get the photos of you with the jukebox in the in the bar, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. like, whenever you sell it, those photos get passed on. Oh, mate, that's cool. <laughs> Definitely. But it's... Uh, I've, when you I've, think as I've... well, some of some of these, uh, like, limited editions of the game you can get can set you back a grand or two. Like, oh. I would much rather have bought a jukebox than a stupid bust of, like, Master Chief or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like, they, they had one uh, Fallout... Um, I think it was... Was it Fallout 76 had a really... I mean, everything's oh, gone wrong yeah. with... I, I've not even played Fallout 76 because I don't really like multiplayer games, as we'll get on to in a minute. <laughs> literally, as you were talking, I'd wrote down 76 question mark because <laughs> with you saying about it being... Uh, with it being your single-player go-to, I, I had a feeling that 76 yeah. wouldn't be down your alley. But yeah, the yeah. limited edition for that had all sorts of shit go wrong, didn't it? Like, one of the things was a canvas bag that you were all supposed to get and it turned out it was plastic and... It, it was stuff. it was a really shitty, flimsy, like those those bag those drawstring bags that you get given at conventions and stuff for free as advertising things. and yeah. Yeah, they, Beth Esther have, have really fucked up with a lot of things recently. They've lot, lost a lot of uh, goodwill. Um, yeah. I, I mean, because I, I love the Fallout games. I loved um, Skyrim as well. I've no, never massively got into any of the earlier Elder Scrolls games. And again, I didn't really like uh, Elder Scrolls Online much. Um, I, I have this thing with online games, as, as we'll probably talk about in a minute, that there's other people there. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. don't want that <laughs> no well but, speaking of skyrim i had skyrim um the year it came out um yeah. for the 360 this is to show how like this this anecdote will show how ridiculously old skyrim is and how yeah. ridiculous it is that it's still kind of relevant today yeah um the the year that it came out at christmas game did like a super deal where it was half price for like one week so yeah. And I, I thought, I'll give it a punt, because I'm not usually into open world games and stuff, but I'll give it a go. Um, and I had to uh, sell it on afterwards. And obviously I made a profit, because I was able to sell it for more than than the half price that I'd paid for it. But the reason I had to sell it on was because I didn't have a HD TV yet, and the writing was too small for me to read. Yeah. I've, I've had <laughs> that with... I had uh, an old TV... Um... Back when I had the PS3, um, and I um, when when I sort of still lived with my parents, I had this little portable TV, and I got a I can't even remember which game it was, but it was a it was a first person shooter, which I'm not massively keen on anyway. 
but I couldn't fucking see the target. <laughs> I couldn't no. see the crosshairs because it was so small. So, yeah. I mean, that that's another thing I really like about the, the Fallout games is you've got the... Um, there's the, the shooter aspects of it. So you can play it like a first-person shooter if you have that kind of skills or patience. But you've also got the VAT system, which is a it's it's derived from um, role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons, where it's basically a dice roll with yeah. probabilities. So you, um, you it slows time down. You select where you're aiming on the enemy, which whether it's a headshot or their leg or, or whatever, and it will tell you the probability of hitting it. And it basically does a dice roll and you either blow their leg off or, or miss and get yeah. shot. Um, which is uh, the original Fallout games were turn-based, so that's sort of kind of in line with that. Where it came from, yeah. And I remember yeah. hearing that 76 absolutely balks it because uh, it because of it being uh, multiplayer, they can't slow down the time for the back yeah. system. So <laughs> you've got really no time at all to figure out, and you might as well just shoot at random, like because there's yeah. no point... It, it's completely broken, but yeah. What one day so, yeah, I cool. am I am going to play Fallout seventy six out of curiosity at some point, but uh, <laughs> I'm not until it's like you know a fiver to buy it second hand from um, you know CEX or whatever. <laughs> well, it's probably already down to that anyway. It's, it's, yeah, have shit on it so much. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's let's talk of a shit game. Let's carry on with good games, eh? <laughs> so the last of the big four questions what is your favorite multiplayer experience i'm gonna guess off top of what we've already said probably not an online game this is correct <laughs> absolutely correct um yeah i i've tried with a lot of uh, like i've tried with with gta online i've tried with uh with red dead redemption um they're all right you ride around for a little bit and then uh like there was, I played Red Dead Redemption online and stole a train, and that was quite fun. But then these dudes shot me, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, it's you know, you, online you've got far too many American twelve-year-olds killing people. Um, yeah, just like in the real world in America. But uh, <laughs> so my favourite multiplayer experiences are a lot more localized, um, and they're playing on me sofa <laughs> so there's yeah i'd agree there's two that come to mind particularly um one of them is a game that is not in fact but no both of them are not multiplayer games but we found a way to make them multiplayer so Ooh, interesting. Uh, there's there's a game called until dawn on the ps4 right, which okay. is a now that is an isn't it like a hor- narrative horror it is it's like a, an interactive slasher movie basically um, but I cool. I found a, a little article uh, online. I think it was on IGN or something like that, which had a the best way to play this is play it as a multiplayer. Um, like you can play it as a party game or or, or whatever. But me and Helen, my wife, uh, we we played it. Um, so there there are eight uh, main characters that get roughly equal screen time, and then, oh cool. So so one of them will play for a bit and then. When their scene's finished, it will switch to one of the other characters. So what right. we did is we we divided them up, had four characters each, and then just played it. And then when it swapped to one of your characters, you just pass the controller over, and the other person controls their character. Um, so Sweet. that that was that was quite fun. Um, yeah. And then the other one, which we're we're doing at the moment, and we're re- really having loads of fun with, is we're currently doing Monkey Island Two as a family multiplayer game. So, all right, okay. 
I've got the controller. So how are you managing that? Yeah. Well, I've got the controller. Um, my daughter, Elodie, who is four next week, uh, she is, firstly, she's just really enjoying watching it all because it's just like watching a cartoon. But yeah. um, when you get the choices of uh, all of the speech, we just tell her what all the options are and let her choose what we say. So <laughs> Elodie's choosing uh, what, what to say. And normally, hilariously, she nearly always chooses whatever the most insulting thing that Guybrush could say to anyone is. Um, so occasionally you have to sort of steer her to ones if we know that a different one's the right one. Um, and then yeah. what what um, Helen's doing in that, she's got the role of the when we get stuck, because it's not a game that I played years ago. I used to play Day of the Tentacle and, and similar games a lot and, and Toonstruck, but I never actually played the uh, much of the Monkey Island games, even though I always wanted to. And yeah. some of the some of the puzzles in it are quite difficult. So Helen is sitting there with she's like games master basically. Um yeah. so she's sitting there doing a Patrick Moore impression and uh when when we get stuck we just ask her for a hint and she gives us a hint <laughs> from the uh the walkthrough of what we do. Nice. And sometimes her hints are really fucking obvious and it's like, no, try and make it slightly more difficult rather than saying yeah, what you need to do is you need to give that thing to that person. It's like, no, tell me it's to do with this, so I can think about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're having yeah, don't don't of... outright say it <laughs> exactly. But we're yeah, we're having loads of fun doing that, and you know, we're just playing it for sort of you know half an hour, forty five minutes every few days, so it's lasting us a bit. But yeah, I think when we finish this one, we'll go back uh, Monkey Island. It's it's on PS now, which is. For people that don't know, it's basically like Netflix for for games, which is fucking ace. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I I had a free trial of it, thinking I'm going to cancel this as soon as the free trial ends. Um, there's no way that this could be worth the money, but I'm actually getting loads out of it because it's yeah, yeah. Um, like I said earlier with 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 LED being four. When I do get when she'll let me play a game myself, um, if she's sitting there watching something on the iPad rather than on the TV, she'll occasionally let me play a game so I can look through that and find something non-offensive, like a, a driving game or something like that, to just yeah. mess about with well, for 25 minutes. Well, you definitely can't play Bioshock when she's about, because that's no. pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Red Dead Redemption 2, I cannot play when she's around, because, well, I'm a baddie and I go around killing people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So are there any full-blown, like, proper multiplayer games that come to mind as well? Not so much, uh, but you'll have everybody else answering to say them. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's funny you bring up Monkey Island because um, I don't know if you'd seen on the uh, back-end chat that we have for the network, but Matt and Tony were both going on about how they were going to both talk about Monkey Island, and then assuming that the other person would mention Monkey Island, neither of them have mentioned Monkey Amazing. Island in their episodes. So That's brilliant. I'm very happy that you've come on and talked about Monkey Island. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that both of those who are absolutely obsessed haven't done, and then I have. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a newcomer to the series. Yeah, I mean, to, how to do be they fair, work? Matt, 
Matt's done an entire "Don't Say the C Word" about Monkey Island, so he's done he's done his bit. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that was kind of why he didn't bother. But yeah, how does um, the control scheme work with a controller? Because obviously they're mainly used; they they were made for the PC. So yeah, do, well, it, do they still work controller? Yeah, it works works really well. It's basically um, you've got your directional button moving the um, the cursor around, and then you've got um, it. It uses like the shoulder buttons for um basically what you would click with the mouse so you're basically only using a directional button and a um back shoulder button and a right shoulder button and then you've got the other directional button to walk so you you do walk around like whereas i think originally you just used to click to where you wanted him to walk to didn't you um i think you've got an option in the options to switch it to that but i just walk around with him because it's a, it works better these days that way i think <laughs> well i've only ever played one point and click adventure that i've really got stuck into um and that was um do you remember the uh web cartoon homestar runner yes yeah they're so, they're uh i think some of those games are on ps now oh are they because yeah um there was telltale games made a series called Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. Yes, and they are. It, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, because it basically was like you were in a Homestar Runner cartoon. Like the humor was exactly the same because it was all written yeah. by the creators. Um and obviously with it being a cartoon and it being a game as well, the uh, graphical style was exactly the same. So it was really fun to be in that world for yourself. But I played it on the Wii, and the Wii was the perfect point-and-click adventure console because of the Wii remote. Because you just wave it around. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, you'd literally, with the remote, you just click on the screen where you want people to go. You can bring up the menu screen and and grab things from it, and it it worked brilliantly. And I'm surprised, looking back, that there weren't more um, point-and-click adventures released for the Wii because it was such a good fit. Because my uh, Wii... After a while, it became a what I used pretty much exclusively for light gun games. Right, Again, yeah, yeah. because the Wii Remote, when you put it in the zapper, it is phenomenal to have that for having that light gun experience. Yeah. And basically every light gun game that had ever existed, apart from Time Crisis, weirdly, they didn't get any of those, but every other series ended up on the Wii as a light gun game. And <laughs> Did did it, it have like, uh, did it have Aerosmith's Revolution X? No, what the fuck is that? That was a, a light gun game uh, in arcades that I used to play absolutely loads, and it was you'd got a gun that fired CDs at baddies, and it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> Holy moly, that sounds fun! Is it hard? We used to go to um, uh, there was a, an arc, uh, an arcade called Sega World upstairs in the um, bowling alley in Tamworth. Uh, when I was a kid, they used to have uh, Monday night free play. So you'd uh, on a oh, Monday wow. night, you could pay, I think it was a fiver, and then you were there, you know, eight until ten, and you could play whatever you liked. And I used yeah. to be playing that nearly all the time. It was that um, Sega Rally um, yeah. and uh, Daytona and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I think they might have had House of the Dead, although that might have been a bit, little bit later. Well, there was a brilliant House of the Dead game for the Wii called Overkill. Yeah. um, House of the Dead Overkill. And obviously they they did release a lot of the 
like straight arcade ports for the Wii, but the best games were the light gun games that actually um, were created specifically for the home console yeah. experience because it meant that they could have a better story. They could have you know, more depth to them and a bit longer. Yeah. And the other thing was, with all of them, they were multiplayer. So I had two Wii Zappers, and me and my mate Ash, uh, for years, we would just hang out and play these light gun games because as well, like a light gun game is so kind of it's there's not very much involved with it so you can just chill out and play yeah. for ages like was you it, can literally play for hours and w- with a beer or two and it's just brilliant was was point blank on there so i used to love that in the arcades that i don't really think it was actually but it should have been because it would have worked yeah. perfect um you but yeah just, that's sorry to to go back to a question we nearly finished you've just reminded yeah. me of an actual proper multiplayer game that i did enjoy <laughs> Uh, because okay. of talking about talking about the Wii, um, I uh, went to a party in a Chinese restaurant. It was uh, uh, one of my ex-girlfriend who I used to live with, one of her friends, um, and they had a party where they got a private room in the Chinese restaurant where they'd normally have karaoke, and somebody had brought yeah. a Wii, Wii along and set up uh, Wii Sports and Rock Band. <laughs> and yes, nice. Um, rock band, I was generally stuff like Guitar Hero and Rock Band. As a guitarist, it's really difficult because yeah. the guitars don't relate to how you expect it to be. So if you can yeah. actually play the song, you're expecting it to go up when it doesn't, and and stuff like that. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you're going with the music rather than following the the buttons on the screen. But the drums and the vocals, as long as the drum kit is properly calibrated. If you're a musician, you're fine. So yeah. uh, we had a, a there was a, a party uh, where it ended up with us just playing rock band till about two o'clock in the morning. Uh, where I was for some of the uh, the songs on drums and vocals at the same time. Um, Amazing, <laughs> which was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a shit drummer, yeah. but I'm better than a lot of the people that aren't musicians at all that were playing. <laughs> I'm not dexterous enough for Guitar Hero. Kirsty really used to like Guitar Hero, but my fingers are just I can't I can't do a guitar ever. I've never been able to. <laughs> um but yeah, for me, sometimes drums, but always vocals. I really enjoy uh, playing that. Karaoke yeah. and, and singing games are always fun for me. I love a bit <laughs> of sing star. <laughs> Back in the PS on the PS two. Yeah. 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 Cool. So what's the best Right, these are these are your questions that you've picked yourself. Yes. And um You've got some interesting choices because they're kind of both ends of the culture spectrum here, I think. Um, yeah. So your first question you picked um, was, what's the best licensed game you've played? Yeah, uh, the uh, Batman Arkham series. Uh, cool. So uh, particularly uh, Asylum and City. Uh, yeah. I absolutely love it. Again, it's, it's an open world game that I spent absolutely ages on. There's loads of stuff to... Uh, to discover you've got all the the little easter eggs and little secrets everywhere the controls on it are great the combat is brilliant if you're shit at games like i am because it's basically button bashing (laughs) and you're suddenly doing all these combos and stuff and uh beating the crap out of uh you know thugs and uh and baddies and stuff um but then have, have you played uh arkham asylum I haven't, but I've watched a friend play it once. Have you seen any of the bits with the Scarecrow? No, I haven't. Right. If anybody hasn't played it and is 
likely to and is bothered about spoilers, fast forward this bit of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, there are bits where um, the game fucks with your head almost in a sort of Metal Gear Solid kind of way. Um, All right, cool. So uh, the Scarecrow, for anyone that's not aware, is, is a character who has like a fear gas that it's a hallucinogenic gas and it it fucks with people and that's how he sort of is a baddie in gotham city um and there are sections in um there's uh, so the first time that scarecrow turns up uh you find out that one of the main characters that really shouldn't be is dead um you find out later on that that character isn't dead but you've been made to think that he is, which is a yeah. really fucking shocking twist. Um, and then not long after that, you get a blue screen of death. Your game crashes and it's really convincingly crashes. It goes right back to the title screen at the start. Um, the game starts again, but you suddenly notice that it's reversed. And so the game starts with Batman driving the Joker to Arkham Asylum. Um, and then you're walking along the, the corridor with uh, Joker strapped to uh, like the restraint board things. This yeah. time, you are still Batman, but you are the one being driven there by the Joker. And you're strapped to the board and you can just sort of look around. Um, Shit. And then uh, the Joker shoots you and you die. And then you start again and um, there's there's various other sort of absolute head fuck bits that happen. But then um, at the end of Arkham City, there is a major character from the Batman series who dies, actually properly dies. And right. as a Batman fan, you're just like, what the fuck (laughs) yeah it's like i can't believe they've actually killed off that character in a game obviously the arkham series is its own universe so it it doesn't mean that that character is dead in the films and stuff like that but it's it's you know it's such a big impact that there are very few games that i've ever had that much of a you know it's like uh game of thrones red wedding kind of level of of you, yeah, you yeah. finish it and you're sitting there going, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah, um, I've not played um, the uh, Arkham Knight yet. I've got it, but it's another yeah. one of these. I'm waiting till I can devote a year to it if I need to. Um, kind <laughs> of game. Uh, I recently cool. uh, replayed um, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, Arkham Origins. I absolutely fucking hated. Um, right. Which was the... I've heard that, that. Arkham Origins was a, a prequel that was, you know, obviously from the name, <laughs> but it's it was um, made by a different studio. So it was uh, right. uh, WB Games Montreal rather than um, Rocksteady, who made the other ones. Yeah. And the difficulty level was way too high right at the start of the game. Um, right. So with, within probably 15 20 minutes of of playing it for the first time you get a boss battle which i cannot get past and it's like right i've spent 30 quid on this game and i can't fucking get past this boss battle i've yeah you know i buy like i said earlier i buy games for the story it's 
it's all very well having that kind of thing, but you you can't put it that early in the fucking game where people aren't going to be able to get yeah. past. Um, going back to um, what you were saying about um, the scarecrow sections, yeah. there was a brilliant game for the GameCube, which was an exclusive. Um, it wasn't made by Nintendo, but it was a it was a third party game. But it was called Eternal Darkness: Sanity's Requiem, and it okay. was um, it was a horror game in the vein of really? a sort of. I, I would never yeah. have guessed from that title. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of similar to uh, Resi Evil in kind of style, but you're yeah. playing, um, it's a female protagonist who's learning about the history of her family tree. So, But it goes all the way back to like Roman times, but basically you get to play as all of her ancestors who are experiencing all of these uh, horror tropes oh, cool. and shit. But um, the sort of unique um, game element was that you had a sanity meter and the more things, like the worse you did in the game and the more things that were attacking you and the lower your sanity went. And kind of like what you were saying with the Scarecrow, they would have bits that were aimed at the sanity of the character and then there were bits that were aimed at the sanity of the player as well. So it would be things like the control schemes would switch around and buttons would do different things to confuse you. And then the the ones that I remember, um, because I did play it, it was one of those games that I rented from Blockbuster once rather than actually owned. But the the one that really stood out for me was um, there was one point where the game, like you say, crashes and pretends that it's accidentally wiped your memory card and it can't find your save files for anything. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one that really fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. There's, well, uh, Metal Gear Solid did that a couple of times with, with similar yeah. kind of things, didn't it? I've never played any of them. I've just, just sort of read about them, but I know there was one yeah. where there was a boss battle where the only way to defeat it was to unplug your controller and plug it into the other port. Yeah, yeah. Um, and And stuff like that. And there were things where i think they were i think it was metal gear solid that used to one of the characters used to comment on the other games you've played that are mentioned in the uh yeah in your save files and stuff which is pretty cool <laughs> so good isn't it i love yeah. a bit of meta in a game yeah definitely <laughs> in, in anything <laughs> you know like in the, that scene in the never-ending story where they're like he's reading this story right yeah. now <laughs> yeah or, or like or like in Spaceballs, where they fast-forward it and read the script later on and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More Moranis. Cool. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for the uh, the reboot of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, going, going from uh, licensed games, your final question that you picked, which game would you hold up as proof that video games can be art? Have you heard of a game called Everybody's Gone to the Rapture? I have, yes. It's fucking beautiful. Um, it's, it's, it's what they call a walking simulator, isn't it? It it's is. One... We, yeah. So I've I've kind of got into sort of walking simulator. I had this this game come through as a, um, a PlayStation Plus bonus game one month, and right. I was a little bit bored. I thought oh, I'll give it a go. Uh, I don't even know what it was that made me particularly think of I'll give it a quick go, but I I put it in and it's um so it's it's set in uh, an English village in the early eighties. Uh it's right. it's a, a, a fictional village in Shropshire and 
basically everybody has disappeared. So it's a deserted yeah. village, and you're walking around. You you can't see yourself. You just um, it's just your your field of vision. Um, so it's a first person thing. That's what I was looking for. Uh, first person <laughs> thing. You just you're just sort of wandering around this this village, looking for sort of clues. So there are weird balls of light flying around, and you follow those. And when you follow them to the right place, it all sort of uh, like the controller vibrates, and the, it goes all intense. And then you'll get like um, sort of like light shadows. So it's like. Um, shadows in the light in the shape of people yeah it's like an echo of something that happened before everybody disappeared and you'll watch these people have a conversation and then you'll go a little bit further around and there'll be a radio and you'll uh press the the radios are all um playing number stations which is pretty cool um which are a uh a soviet um spy technique that uh you used to right. you used to be able to pick up on AM radios. I think there are still some around, um, but basically they're they're um, a radio signal just saying numbers over and over again. It's like uh, one seven and and stuff like that, just repeating. And then when the numbers right. change, that was part of the code for various spies all around the world to be to be picking up. Um, there's right. a if anybody wants to completely geek out about it, there's a um, there's a a collection of them called the Connet Projects, which is like a two CD compilation of all these number station recordings, which I've I've gotten. I was quite fascinated about. So that that drew me in, drew me in a little bit because you can hear these all over the place. But then you switch on the radio and you get um, a little bit of narrative from one of the characters talking through the yeah. radio waves, and it's you've just got to sort of piece together what's happened. Um, and, um, it's a game that, uh, my wife's playing at the moment, so I'm, I'm watching it all again, but I, I played it about six months ago, uh, and I played it, um, sort of, I think I played it in about a week, which is unusual for me, because it's, it's mm-hmm. not a massively long game. I like ones that will last me a year, so I'm glad it wasn't one I yeah. necessarily paid for, although this would have been worth it. Um, but the artwork style is absolutely amazing there's a bit yeah um sort of the end of the the first main section you walk out of a church and suddenly it's night time and um firstly all the it's like you know when it's sped up and the sun's moving you see all the shadows of trees moving really fast in a film oh yeah yeah so so it's like that but then you look up in the sky and it's all um really bright galaxy type stars everywhere um, and everywhere's in shadow, and there's just um, little um, like lights lighting your way along the path where you've got to go next. And the lighting effects are fucking perfect, and it's one of the most yeah. beautiful looking games I've ever seen. But the the soundtrack's amazing as well. The the voice acting's perfect, and the storyline's so um, so compelling that you just want to yeah carry on with it the the problem that my wife's having she feels a bit nauseous by the way the camera moves um right and she, yeah. she's had the same in similar first person walking sim games because uh she played um what remains of edith finch recently which is similar yeah i've done that one which i quite like i really like that one yeah um, well, there, there's i like got... a good one have you have you played um the stanley parable before i've played yes i've played it a little bit i was about to mention that one 
Um, because I, obviously, yeah. saying about meta stuff like that's the most meta game in the yeah. entire world. But that is by far and away that is my favourite uh, walking sim. I've got that on my laptop, uh, which I don't play games on very often. So yeah, I'm the I need same, to put yeah. a bit more time. I had it. It was on the uh, Epic Games store free games uh a couple of months ago so that's right. where, where i got that one from um but there's also this one called gone home that's yes i've that's played really that good. one yeah uh and I, I, that's a really beautiful story because it's um it's a sort of coming of age story um yeah about a girl going around her house and and it's set in the early 90s so she's got loads of like riot girl tapes and stuff which is all good <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of like uh feminism and it. it's like her coming to terms with her sexuality and stuff like that which is really cool um yeah I, what i liked about that one is as well like it, it make the whole time you're thinking you're playing a horror game and then it turns out you're not <laughs> yeah yeah because it's the the tone and the mood is like something's gonna jump out of you at any moment yeah and uh nothing ever does which i i think is a really cool little little way yeah. of portraying it you i like i love stuff like that where you just sort of it's almost like detective work you're piecing together what's happened and yeah, try, yeah. trying to work it all out and it's they're, they're games that you, your average like call of duty player would absolutely fucking hate and that's a good thing <laughs> <laughs> i love having i love that in most walking simulators um, a lot of people complain that you know sometimes they can be you know there's not very much to kind of do in inverted commas yeah. like the 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 gameplay element is is limited but yes i really enjoy that i can sit down be immersed in a world for usually quite a short time as you say yeah but then at the end of it i've had a brilliant experience and most importantly there was no way i could have lost doing it like there's no fail state yeah you uh you start and oh. you walk through it and you get to an end point although I, I, apart I, from the stanley parable where there are definitely ways that you can die <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh that's a bad example that one but um <laughs> but yeah but most, yeah I, most of them it's it, it's like i've been saying all, all along the most important thing is the story and yeah. just because you're not as skilled a gamer with your your hand-to-eye coordination and stuff like that um you don't miss out on it which is you know that's that's inclusive and that's what more games should be Uh, what i've just thought of something on the fly like what game that you've played like what what game world that you've visited would you most like to see a walking simulator spin-off of so you're still experiencing <laughs> that world but you don't have a gun in your hand <laughs> oh fuck because a lot of them you wouldn't last very long <laughs> uh ooh, that is a tough one because because i've figured out mine already <laughs> I've, yeah, uh, I. Go on, watch yours, and then I'll think of uh, one more. All right. Well, you. I was go- I was going to say, um, my, I mean, I mention it pretty much all the frigging time these days, especially now I've got this podcast. But Bioshock is just one of my absolute all-time favorite series. Okay, and one of the best things about it is um, the city of Rapture, where you where you, the first two games are com- entirely <laughs> set in. Which is and where everybody's got... gone to. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's gone to Rapture, yeah. And it's um, it's so like the world is 
feels lived in and but at the same time it's beautiful the whole place is sort of um art deco design and you know a lot of these worlds you visit in games and stuff like you go to a city and all you see is like streets and you never see the real side of things whereas it's the kind of place that's fully you can fully imagine people living here you see the bathrooms you see people's apartments you see the entertainment complex you see the shops you see every side of this city and in the game it's kind of you know it's that time when a utopia has fallen into dystopia yeah but I would do anything to be able to play, um, a you know, a walking simulator set in Rapture, just at the point before the fall, where there's civil unrest. Right. It feels dangerous, but I don't need a gun in my hand, and yeah. I can actually wit. If I could witness that fall as just a spectator <laughs> and not a main character, that would be that would be freaking amazing. Okay. For me. That I... would be my. That's what I would suggest. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose uh, see, the, the difficulty is the vast majority of games you're going to be, as a, as an NPC, you're in fucking danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, at the moment, yes, there is a, a pandemic sweeping the globe uh, and there are, you know, uh, horrendous fucking maniacs all over the place and stuff. But at the moment, I'm generally quite safe. Uh, when I'm staying in my house and I'm in control of things. Now, if I was in Los Santos or something like that as an NPC, there's a very good chance someone like me is going to have got hold of a machine gun and just go, I'm going to run over some pedestrians and then shoot everybody. Um, you know, if uh, if uh, if it was in uh, Skyrim, there's a very good chance there's a fucking dragon is going to turn up and bite my fucking head off. Um, if I <laughs> if I was in The Witcher, there's you know a very good chance that some crazy fucking goblins are going to turn up and you know kill everybody. Uh, I mean, The Witcher, there there seems to be some areas in that that. It, there was one of the expansion packs, uh, Blood and Wine, on Witcher 3 that was a really nice sort of mediterranean type place, and some of the landscape in that seemed quite peaceful. So perhaps that one. Um, All right, But just cool. just make sure that you know to, you know, keep your wits about you and, you know, <laughs> play Gwent a lot because that's a pretty cool card game. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, just just stay out of trouble, and and you might be all right. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, right. <laughs> well, that's it then. We've got to the end of our questions. Cool, and that has been a really fun little chat. Thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? Okay, so uh, as you mentioned at the start, I've got two uh, main podcasts. Uh, we dig music, which is me, uh, my friend Ian, and my friend Tracy. And uh, each month we take uh, a different two bands and talk about what we like about them, interesting things about them. Um, and then uh, my other podcast, Free with This Month's Issue, is me, Ian, plus a different guest each time. And Tim, you're going to come on and do one soon. <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah. So uh, there's uh, that is. Uh, basically, we listen to an old free CD from like Kerrang, Enemy, uh, Metal Hammer, Q, that kind of thing, and find the uh, the the brilliant tracks and the utterly fucking terrible ones that are on nearly every single one. 
Um, Both of those podcasts are on the We Made This Network. So uh, you can find them on all uh, podcast apps just by searching for them. But you can also find them all on uh, wedigpodcast.com, which is our website where we've got both of them on there. Um, And if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, my Twitter is at MogwaiFearSatan. Uh, the We Dig Music is at We Dig Music PCAST and through this month's issue is at this month's issue. Uh, we're also on uh, Instagram with both of them. Although, yeah, by the time this goes out, We Dig Music will probably be on there because I'm in the process of setting that up now. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah, just search, you'll find them. <laughs> cool. There'll be link- and- links on the website and Ting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, I am at TimblesRH. The official uh, Twitter and Instagram for this podcast is at WePlayedThisPod. So, yeah, thanks for everyone for listening. Um, I was going to say as well, now we've been going a little while, I should probably try and get in some of those five-star reviews on iTunes. Um, If you do leave us a five-star review, tell us about your favourite game in the review, and we will read it out on this show. So... Thanks again, Colin, for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. And (laughs) I will see everybody soon. Bye-bye. Cheers, Ed. Bye. We Played This is part of the We Made This Network. Logo by Carl Bryan. Music by Dave S. Walker, a.k.a. Kyoto Dragon. Elsewhere, and we made this frame to frame. Miraculously, we have not disagreed once on either of the tenets of these films, which is extraordinary. Because I know it's odd to have an entire episode where we've agreed on something. Yeah, as, as I said to you, you know, generally for those who are listening to this for the first time, we agree in concept and diverge on nuance which is a very peculiar um, situation so I never really understand why that happens but it hasn't happened I'm in a band podcast I've got a picture of the receipt here so we started at around midday and obviously we went on until I mean there was a point where he just went you know what I'm going to bed boys I'll count the back in the morning do you remember that? <laughs> But up the, the picture of the bill here says 485 euros. <laughs> About four. So that... Don't say the C word. Favourite queen that has ever won Drag Race. That has ever won Drag Race. Yeah. Jinx Monsoon. Okay, Jinx Monsoon. Well, mine is Sharon Needles. I I'm, do I'm, love Sharon Needles. I'm, I'm a kind of ageing emo goth kid in a lot of ways and she spoke to me in a lot of ways why Jinx Monsoon for you? I just it was the development of Jinx from the start of the series all the way through to the end and I think it was that it was I got caught up in the journey of it and the fact that you know she's just fucking hilarious check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network (laughs) 